So hi, everyone, and welcome to this brand new episode of Security and Two Sugars. My name is Annabelle Berry, and I'm really delighted to be sat here this afternoon with Stephanie Hill, who is a cybersecurity consultant at Ascent Cyber. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Annabelle. Thanks for having me. Oh, thanks very much for coming on. I'm really, really grateful to you for um, for sparing the time to come and uh, sit on the podcast with me today. And I'm really looking forward to our chat today. So we uh, were introduced through the uh, Women in Cyber in Scotland event that I attended, I think about a month ago now, actually. I don't know where that time's gone. And your name was put forward to me as somebody who was really, would be really interesting to talk to on the podcast. So I'm really excited to hear your story today and to hear about your InfoSec career so far and how you got into the industry and things like that. So, so but before we start, obviously, this, the podcast is set around the security sofa. Um, and obviously we're sitting down having a really informal chat and what I usually do with my guests is have a quick beverage check-in to see uh, what you are drinking to accompany your time on the sofa with me today. So what are you drinking? Um, I'm drinking something quite unusual. Um, well, maybe to some it's called CBD tea. Um, so that's my drink of choice at the moment. CBD tea. So tell me about that. What is that? Um, so it's similar to obviously CBD oils, if anyone's heard of that before, but it's in tea format. So it's quite nice to have at evenings. It's got natural, relaxing properties. So um, yeah, I'm a big fan of CBD. I have come across um, CBD oil and I have seen it um, sold. And actually I saw it at a, um, I was at a place so this was some time ago now because I was at a restaurant. So that must be about eight or nine months ago. And they had it actually in an espresso martini, uh, which I hadn't come across before. I don't know if you have you ever heard of it in cocktails. I've nev- never because I've actually worked for a CBD company for a, a while before I got into InfoSec, and uh, there's something I've never heard of. So that's quite unusual. Yeah, well, I would have thought as well because obviously espresso martinis have got a shot <laughs> shot of espresso in it, and then also CBD oil, which is obviously supposed to you know make you relax and chill so um it was it was a bit of a strange combination but that's the first time I've seen that so but I haven't come across uh CBD tea so I'm gonna have to have a look for that that sounds like a good thing to be drinking in the evening and chilling out yeah it's really nice it's 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 very relaxing and tastes nice Uh, it's like a fruit tea nice right where did you get it from is it is it from a just a local health food shop or something or um, no, the company that um, I used to work for and the CBD I get from is Hope CBD, um, based in uh, central Scotland. Okay, good. All right. Well, that's good. We give them a plug. What's the website? HopeCBD.com. There you go. Right. Good. Lovely. There you go. So you're still doing them a service, even in even yeah. in your new role. So good. Okay. Lovely. I'm sat here with a um, decaf tea. Um, tonight, nobody needs me to have more caffeine today. <laughs> so too much caffeine already. So I'm sat with a decaf tea. And um, are you drinking it out of a favorite mug? Do you have a favorite mug at home you use? Yes, I'm drinking from my um, Toby mug, which is... Uh, a mug with a picture of my um dash hound mix ah lovely good old toby good wonderful uh and i've got my beatles band cartoon mug that i'm drinking out of so that sets the scene for everybody so we're sat on the sofa you've got your uh, toby mug and your cbdt and I've got my decaf tea and my Beatles mug and we're going to settle in and have a chat. So let's get it started. So, so Stephanie, where, where's a good place to start? Where's, where's a good place for this um, conversation to start in terms of your career? Is it at school or um, college? Where's, where's a good place to hone in on initially? Um, well, in, in school, I didn't really have much of an interest in, um, technology or computers if I'm honest um my interest in that came late, later in life I'm 35 now and I didn't actually get into this kind of industry until I was around 30 I'd say mm. um so there's been there's been a bit of a, a zigzag road for me and uh where does the zigzag start do you think so at school what kind of career did you think you might go into what was what was on your interest list at the time Um, what kind of things were you into well initially when I was really young I really wanted to be a vet Um, I loved animals Um, I had dogs hamsters mice I was just a big animal lover and um, being a vet seemed the natural thing for me but I think as I got older my interest 
I still loved animals, but my interest as far as career career wise went. It was I was heading more towards kind of creative writing, um, and actually ended up applying to go to uni for journalism and creative writing. So there was a big <laughs> big difference in that. But that was uh, I ended up going to uni first to do journalism, creative writing, which I didn't pursue, obviously. No. So, wow. So do you, do you actually, so the degree was in journalism and creative writing? Yes. Wow, that would yes. have been amazing. I would have loved that. I did um, English for my degree and I, and I wanted to be a journalist, actually, when I graduated. So so everything you just said is very of, of, of interest to me. So had you always been quite creative? Had you always done a lot of writing and things like that? Uh, yeah, when I was, I think I was 14, I got my first guitar. My parents got my guitar and I was determined that I would um, teach myself how to play a song on Christmas night when I got it. But I was rudely rudely awakened to uh, realise that it's not quite that easy. So <laughs> yeah. I persevered for a bit and um, along with learning guitar, I wrote songs and poetry and that type of thing. Um, so, yeah, it was always kind of. Still is an interest of me. Oh wow! So you're another musician and 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 kind of creative. Somebody who has a creative flair. It's it's funny. It seems to be a recurring theme. Actually, the guests I've had on the sofa so far, um, lots of people have been either very artistic or quite musical or creative. And you know, there is a. Um, I think I mentioned on the last um, or one of the last podcasts actually. I think, uh, somebody got in touch with me about it actually about looking into um, uh, creativity and infosec because there's maybe maybe a little link there. But um, great. So w- where did you go to university for this course? The first one that I went to was Strathclyde, Strathclyde Uni. So um, I entered the second year, and well, to be honest, I, I just knew it wasn't going to be for me. The there was a, a ruthlessness about journalism that was becoming apparent. Um, well, and certainly the way I was taught it anyway. And I kind of thought, I don't think this is for me. I don't think I want to be kind of uprooting people's lives for mm, a story. Mm. So I kind of, again, with that, um, I, I, didn't, I didn't actually finish the course. I decided I was going to leave and um, think about something else. So that was cut short. So what kind of journalism, um, you know, what, what were you covering on the course? Was it what kind of things were the things that kind of made you realise, you know, it wasn't for you? I think it was a Bachelor of Science degree. So it was journalism, creative writing, Spanish, philosophy, English and law. So there was five main modules. So, I mean, don't get me wrong, there wasn't a lot of the journalism part, but there was like, a, um, you know, the mock reporting rooms or newsrooms. Mm. And it's kind of the the whole role playing thing. You had to there was someone who, if he got arrested, you had to go to their door and ask them questions, and you know annoy their family for information. I was like, I don't think this is going to be for me. No, no, I'd be with no. you. Well, yeah, I think I'd be with you on that actually. So this was in your second year, did you say? Yeah, so I would have been nineteen, I think, at that time, eighteen, nineteen, because. I, uh, went straight to uni from high school mm. so and and what did you decide to do obviously you've kind of fi- figured out the course wasn't for you where, where was your mind at that time in terms of what you might be looking to do um to be honest I think I was very confused I jumped from so many different things um a vet a journalist I was thinking about the police I was thinking about marine biology so I had I didn't really have much direction at that point and uh, then what really happened was I fell into the trap of working numerous jobs <laughs> while trying to figure that out, which, of course, before you know it, years have passed and you're kind of nowhere further forward than you, from where you thought you would be when when I was just 19. Mm. So that's the kind of the, the kind of um, path that, that I ended up on, random jobs and generally not liking any of them and, and no real um, goal to, to kind of look towards. So what kind of jobs were you doing? So I cleaned hospitals. That <laughs> makes me laugh when I think back at it now because I was so, I was quite naive when I was young and I always remember having to go into this poor lady's uh, ward and she was trying to sleep but there was me bashing the bed with the kind of big cleaning buffer thing and I've knocked her water jar over and I was, oh, this is, <laughs> I was just, I was pretty hopeless. So that was just one of them. What else to do? Well, I worked for the CBD company for a little bit. Um, I did help my dad with a couple of his businesses, um, kind of in and out. But the main one, the main one that ended up being a job for me for eight years 
or roughly eight years was I trained to be a croupier in a casino. Wow. Yeah, so um, that took up most of the, the kind of gap in between from leaving school to enter an infosec yeah. and that was yeah, that was a big part of my life. So tell me about um, helping your dad out. What kind of business was your dad in? Or is well, your dad in? I, I was <laughs> Um, my dad's a software developer, but I, I, that wasn't what I was saying. He also has um, my mum's got a salon as well. So I, just general, he would he would have me filing things and just simple admin kind of tasks. But I was always looking for something. To, I wanted to create something. There was always I always wanted to kind of stand them on two feet, and I managed one day to convince them to invest with me <laughs> in a photo booth. Um, I don't know if if you're maybe familiar with the kind of what photos you get at weddings absolutely yeah there we are we have we run a cybersecurity conference every year and every year we try and get one of those along so that people can have their photos taken and either with various las vegas back shots or or silly props and things like that so no very familiar with them yeah i've been in been in many of those quite late on at night with a feather boa so (laughs) (laughs) and some big glasses usually so Mm -hmm. so you know, you you clearly got, you know, some grafting instincts then, Stephanie, in terms of the types of jobs that you were doing, you know, not kind of throwing, turning your hand really to, to the things that were available to you at the time. Do you think that's something that you've had in yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. My, my, uh, the one thing I always kind of try and remember and it sticks with me is my mum and dad, when I was really young, my dad was an engineer in the steelworks and in central Scotland, well, where I come from, there was a major steelwork factory, so to speak, here. And when whatever politics happened, it, um, it was closed down and my dad was out of a job. So instead of kind of moping about or whatever, my dad went back to college himself mm. and he he's now, he's got his, he's a, I think he's a contractor now. I'm not sure if he's, it's employment or it's a, he's contracting, but um, over the course of a few years, he managed to get himself in a quite a good position and career in uh, software development. So I always that always kind of stuck with me that you know um, if you work hard, that you can you can achieve things. Yeah, you sort of turning your hand to the things that you you know the things that are available and, and making things happen as well. At the same time, not you know going actively out and creating opportunities for yourself. So. So how did you get into, obviously you mentioned obviously the, the main one of those jobs was that was being a croupier. How, how, how did you get into that? You know, I was looking for opportunities and I saw an article in the newspaper, which seems weird to me now actually because it's not something that you, I don't think I've read a newspaper in so long. It's all online, isn't it? But I read an article, an ad on the, an advert was, sorry, on the, I think it was the Metro in Glasgow. And I was like, what is that? I hadn't even heard of a casino before. But I just thought it was six weeks training and you'd be a qualified croupier. And I was like, well, that sounds fun. So I applied and um, got offered the training program. And six weeks later, I was a, a croupier. Um, it was a, quite a experience. Yes, I've got a, a couple of uh, friends I know actually have, have, have done that job. And um, yeah, quite um, quite a quite a change in lifestyle, actually, I can imagine. Yeah, definitely. Whereabouts was, was the casino? Um, Glasgow City right. Centre. Yeah. In the midst of the the kind of job and the nature of the job, it was right in glass, the, the, a big city centre, and I was only it was twenty one at the time as well. So yeah, it was quite it was quite um, fun. Yeah, I can imagine. So you know, I mean, I, I you must have <laughs> you must have stories to tell. Um, but uh, what what kind of um, what tables did you work? You know, in terms of the, the the games and things like that. What were you were you a specialist in anything in particular? Um, so I didn't actually ever learn blackjack, which was strange. So my, the main ones would be roulette or three card poker, and eventually went on to actual cash poker. So yeah, not the casino game, but the the game. Yeah. So um, and I ended up um, dealing some of the probably the biggest games in the U- the UK at the time. There were massive, massive games with a, a, a whole wad of money on the table. Pretty stressful, but quite um, quite exciting at the I was same time. It's going to say quite exhilarating, I would imagine. So, I mean, so what kind of sums of money? What was the biggest win you've seen somebody have in a casino? Oh, I, I think the biggest pot that I've pushed over to someone was like twenty nine thousand. Wow. That's me. I've seen I've seen more than that at a roulette table, but 
anything the, the biggest one I've been involved in was about twenty nine, so thirty, round about that figure. But I mean, that's, that's a lot of money just to push a person was was bizarre. But yeah, that's I think that's what kept me in casinos for so long. To be honest, was that kind of um, it was it was exciting, and you you didn't know what you were going to get every night was completely different. And, and what was that in, that 29,000? Was that poker? Yeah, that was Omaha. So um, a six-card version of poker, yeah. which is generally, usually includes yes. a lot of money. I've um, not really played roulette much. I've played it once. I was in Las Vegas and went to the roulette table and bet on red. And 12 consecutive turns of the wheel came up black and um oh, yeah. the guy was saying I've, I've never seen this before and I'm thinking well the minute I swap is the minute it's going so so anyway I ended up yeah. losing all my chips and that was it so it was the end of my roulette um in my roulette story so yeah so not much luck I'm on it I'm afraid so yeah so. <laughs> no it's not nice <laughs> no. is it no stick to um stick to other games I think good so obviously how many years were you were you working there for? I think it was around eight. Do you know, I honestly did just fly in and before I knew it, I was like pushing 30 and I'm just kind of like, where have the years gone? So I think it was around eight mm. or nine maybe. And and what kind of things, so obviously, you know, eight or nine years, you've got, you know, all sorts of people I can imagine in and out and different experiences and things you've seen and all kinds of, I guess, the human character that you would have seen, you know, e- evening after evening. What are the things that you think you learned from that time? What are the things that kind of stick with you? Yeah, because I think whatever situation that we're in, usually in jobs or things like that, but I think we always take little snippets away with with us of, of things that kind of stick in our minds or lessons learned or whatever. What what, what do you think that would have been for you from, from your time in the casino? Uh, yeah, I, I think... For me, it definitely taught me how to be comfortable around many different personalities and backgrounds. I'm pretty comfortable building relationships with all kinds of people now. Um, I could be at the table dealing poker to eight entirely different people every night. And, you know, I was responsible for looking after the table, making them feel welcome, striking up conversations and basically just, uh, making sure that they enjoyed their experience in the casino. So, um, and a lot of the, a lot of the customers became my friends. So, I guess yeah, that's the one thing. Whether it's you know, just a um, the average Joe, if you want to say, or um, a CEO of a, a, a massive massive company. I think it taught me how to you know find the find common commonalities uh, with a wide mm, range of yeah, people. Yeah, definitely, I can imagine. Yeah, actually, that kind of exposure to that many different types of people from all sort of walks of life, you know, I guess it's kind of ultimately we're all just people, <laughs> aren't we? So, yeah, I can I can imagine that was invaluable. So you've been there for, you know, six, seven, eight years. What What's what's going through your mind, Stephanie, in terms of life and career and you're I guess at that point getting towards your 30s yeah well that was terrifying. <laughs> 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 but I was um, almost 30 because you know in casinos you live this kind of Peter Pan lifestyle where well maybe it was just me but you're kind you're working nights and you have random days off and your casino workmates and the customers become your friends and who, who you become close with so it's just a different a different lifestyle and I think I don't I don't remember anything specific that made me think oh, wait a minute here I just you know I think it was something that grew on me over time and I was I just knew that pushing 30 and continuing that lifestyle was wasn't going to serve me that wasn't what I wanted to do so um I started to look at other mm. opportunities and what, and what were they well uh, I, I I realized that the way you know people society were using technology and internet that there was always going to be opportunities within a computing or tech career uh, or the industries anyway and I started looking at education again and finding tried to find a course that I could kind of you know dip my dip my toe into the industry kind of thing and uh, that's where I found the HNC course at, um, it's now called New College Lanarkshire. And- 
It was just a, a general computing course. Um, and I decided. And was to go that, for that what what had been your experience of computers? You know, up until that time, did had you obviously did you done computer science at school? Was it was it was there anything earlier on in you know in in education that it kind of prompted you towards that? Do you think, or maybe your obviously your dad had retrained um, and gone into that line of work? What what was it? Do you think that it had helped influence that outside of you know maybe maybe obviously the opportunities that it presented? Uh, I think yeah, I think the back of my mind, obviously, my dad. I saw how how well my dad had progressed within um, his career after going back to education. Um, and to be to be honest, I wasn't particularly good. At, I did do information, what was it, information studies, I think it was called. I don't know what it was called in high school, but um, and we did a little bit of programming. And to be honest, I was pretty useless. <laughs> programming was not my thing. My, my experiences of computers really, when I was younger, was, this is embarrassing saying this, well, obviously what we know now, but was downloading music on yeah, LimeWire. Yeah. Which, which um, now is something you obviously would not do. But yeah, it, I wasn't. It wasn't natural for me anyway. It wasn't a kind of an obvious choice. Yeah. So you've found a course. I mean, was there any? Did you have any other options on the table at the time? Was there anything else you were looking at in the back of your mind? Oh well, yeah, I did actually apply for oh, the did course. You? Okay, um, which. Which kind of ties in with InfoSec as well, because in my head at the time I wanted to do the, the well the digital forensic side, so I did apply for the police. Um, but unfortunately, un, unbeknownst to me at the time, I wasn't fit enough, so that that was a big fail. Um, <laughs> I was twenty nine seconds short of the the time that I needed to run a mile and a half, which is probably terrible because it's not that long but yeah I'm no. not a runner gosh and 29 seconds isn't a, isn't very much to be missing out just very narrowly on the on 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 that as a career so but okay so that basically closed that door for you but opened up obviously the world of computers and and um the H- hnd you said in general hnc uh, sorry HNC, yeah it uh, was my first yeah so I had to start at the very the very kind of bottom there um so it was an HNC in just general computing, which actually uh, uh, prepared me pretty well for for um, where I am now. That's uh, a, a really, I highly recommend the route I did go down for HNC HND to uni because I think it prepared me prepared me very so well. So, what was it about the course that obviously I mean completely different? You've gone from being in the casino to to obviously going back to study one. So that must have been a kind of a, a, a real, well, a massive change, really. And secondly, obviously, starting to immerse yourself in an area that you'd not really done very much in before. So how how was that? Was it particularly challenging initially? And how did you find how did you find going back to studying? I was very nervous, I must admit. I was very nervous being, you know, I, I realised there was probably going to be an age gap. I was 30, 31, maybe. Um, yeah. And I, I thought, I'm going to go into this course. It's going to be young people, probably young boys coming straight out from high school. And then there's going to be me, <laughs> the odd one out. Um, and I, it was actually true enough. That's generally how it was. There was one other uh, girl in the class um, who was similar age to myself. But other than that, it was all like 17-year-olds. So, you know, it was a bit... Definitely not comfortable. It was a bit. Um, I think I felt quite embarrassed, if I'm honest. Like I'm 31, and here I'm starting over again. But I mean, that soon lifted, and um, I just enjoyed it. And everyone was nice and welcoming. I was treated just like everyone else. So uh, the the worry ended up being in vain, to be honest. Yeah, and I often think, you know, I think sometimes if you had the opportunity, or if I had the opportunity to go back now and study, I'd like to think I be in a much better place to do it now than I probably was when I was at school because you bring obviously different experiences to things and obviously more maturity and things like that so you must have found that to be the case because you were bringing a whole boatload of other experiences experiences in work um experiences with people you know just a different maturity and mindset I guess to the course 
was that was that a benefit? Yeah, and it, you know it helped. Um, I've actually ended up. I've got really good relationships with my lecturers. Um, we still we're on. We keep in touch on LinkedIn, and they're always interested to know how what how we're going at Ascent. And you know they're good contacts, and they've been very helpful throughout throughout this whole process for me. So I think that obviously helped me being almost similar age to the people who were teaching me. It enabled me to mm. to build really good um, yeah. connections. Yeah. Good. So obviously you're you're doing the course. You you know getting on well. You're starting to enjoy that. What what kind of job did you have in mind at that time, or or did you did you have anything specific in mind? I, I think I was still thinking along the lines of the the digital forensics. Um, I did also think about software development, but again, I knew I wasn't very strong uh, in that department. But I can be quite stubborn, <laughs> so I said, "No, I'm going to I'm going to try. I'm going to try." And I did. I passed the module, but you know, I just it didn't come naturally to me at all the, the programming side so it was then I started thinking about cyber security and ethical hacking so which is then I ended up for HND I chose computer mm. networks and security and what was it about security in particular that you you know that you honed in on I think it tied in with the whole um mantras in the police before you know um protecting protecting people protecting businesses protecting what they own you know justice I think that in my head that's the, the part I was going to play um somewhere somehow or another within um cyber security so I think that those kind of and what was your me. awareness of the industry at that time of InfoSec what did you know about it perfectly honest not a huge huge amount I, I think uh, even at that point I still maybe had you know the kind of ideas that you have about a hacker, uh, like some uh, in a basement in a somewhere. <laughs> yeah, a computer yeah. in a basement. I was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I was. Pre- I think pretty naive, if I'm honest. But again, you, you, the more you learn in this industry, obviously, kind of feel like that um, theory was removed. Um, I knew I'd, when I did start to look into it more. Um, I did realise, particularly in Scotland, that it seemed quite a um, collaborative um, environment and quite encouraging mm. for women. Um, I, know, I did notice that. So, yeah, I was, I was, I, my, my kind of fears and, and worries about being a girl, a woman in the industry slowly were kind of being alleviated with the, the more I, I, I learned about the, the industry, mm. particularly in Scotland. And so... Obviously, from the from the studying side of things, what happened next for you, moving on in terms of the you know the, and the the course and and the direction that you chosen to go into? Um, well, it was HND that I met my friends Gosha and Matt, who are now colleagues of mine. We were all part of Ascent Cyber, and again, and we're all similar age. So when we get moved into the HND, we had been in separate HNC classes. When we get moved into the HND class. And we kind of stuck together and we just through chatting, we discovered we, we all had similar interests. We wanted to do cyber security. So we had our graded unit to complete, but we all applied for Glasgow Caledonian mm-hmm. Uni together for their cyber security and networks degree. And through our, because we were, well, potentially going to have our HND, it would mean we would enter into year three of the, the four-year degree. Um, so that's what we yeah. did. The three of us did it. And, and how was that? How was the uni experience? It was it was fabulous. It really was. It was fantastic. Um, Glasgow Cali have such a, a the, the the team, the the lecturers, the um, the the whole staff in that in that um, department were fantastic with with us. They have a a, a sock lab in there now as well. Their equipment was top notch. They had any kind of support you wanted or needed, they were there. And they were always getting industry professionals in to speak with us and give us advice. And, you know, they did. They really helped us through a lot. And obviously, our last few months of uni was when COVID kicked off. So uni closed and we were all kind of sent home and had to complete our dissertations from, from home. And they were very helpful, very supportive. So, yeah, I loved my time Good. at university. 
And was there anything in particular, Stephanie, in terms of, you know, the real world impact of infosecurity issues or breaches on, you know, people or businesses? Was there anything in particular that really sort of compelled you forward to look into this area or, or, or to be aware of what the potential issues might be that you might be able to assist people? Because obviously clearly it's, you know, it goes back to the, you know, the, the, see the law and order side of things that you were interested in the police, for example, and, and helping people. Was there anything in particular that, that kind of you're aware of that prompted you in that direction? Yeah, well, I actually did some work for um, a company as a, a football team in Scotland. And I was, um, I'm good friends with the chief executive in there. And they got, they got attacked. Basically, they got social engineered, a, a series of phone calls and, um, they lost a lot of money. Um, it was publicised, so it's mm. fine to, to talk about it, but wow. they lost close to a million pounds. And, you know, I, these people had helped me a lot. They they had supported me. Um, they gave me a job when I didn't have one. And to see what I did to them, no, it I was, was going to say, horrible. It was devastating. But, you know, yeah. So that I think that was when, again, it just reaffirmed I wanted to, to make some kind of difference, as cliche as that sounds, um, within the industry to to try and prevent this type of thing from happening to to, to business owners because it really was it was it was not a nice few weeks and the aftermath was was isn't something yeah. I would ever. And I think that's keep. it. It's the human impact, isn't it? At the end of the day, that I think we're not so great about talking about. Sometimes we talk about statistics and the things that can happen and the types of attacks, and but we're not always that great at communicating the emotional impact on individuals or businesses or, you know, and, and ultimately that's the thing that's most likely to make people sit up and take notice is actually when you know somebody or when you know somebody who knows somebody or seeing the impact or the devastation occurred by, you know, such massive losses to a, to a, to a business, particularly in challenging, challenging times as they are now, uh, even more so. Yep. So, Obviously, you've done your, um, your finished your degree. What did you do your dissertation on? Oh, my goodness. Uh, it's, it was... Or you wanted to forget it. Um, <laughs> so I compared. <laughs> yes, I did. But um, I don't even... The, the title was so long, I don't even know if I can remember it. I, I think my memory's just blocked it out forever now. So what was it again? It was... Hold on, I think... It was comparing writing protocols. So, I mean, completely out with what I actually to do now so i think a simulation to compare convergence times of ospf and eigrp when handling wow. video traffic i think Blimey. that was something that was, yeah a Blimey. bit a bit long-winded and spectacularly <laughs> boring if i'm honest well it's behind you now <laughs> yeah well i probably gave it a, hard, a bit of a hard time there um it was it was enjoyable and quite um satisfying getting it over the line I must admit but I was just in hindsight wish I'd picked something maybe a bit more interesting. Well one day you can have a reread back through it so I'm sure and you'll you'll be pr- proud of proud of how you finished up I'm sure so so <laughs> tell me your new venture and, and and where you're working now tell me tell me about how that evolved and moved forward. Yeah um, so uh, again um, Matt Gosha and I who became friends during our HND and continued together to uni. Um, there was a module in our course, and there was a group project module, so we were obviously in a, a group together. And basically the outcome of the course was we would become ACE practitioners, which would mean that we could go on to um, help businesses get Cyber Essential certified. So kind of just stem from there, if I'm honest. We knew there was a, a lot of... Uh, SMEs within Scotland alone that I mean at the time they were talking about making yeah. cyber essentials mm. um, mandatory across the board so and and the the, the company that um, came in that delivered the module with his ID cyber um, they're actually our partners now and they help us deliver cyber essentials they had they had made it clear they said you know there's a good opportunity here the the market for this is going to be pretty big and there's a lot of businesses that need this to help protect themselves so we kind of thought well is this the base can we use this as a basis to start something on our own and um, we didn't think it would maybe reach the point where we're at now 
but that was certainly the the stepping stone and the kind of spark that that made us start discussing creating our own our own space in the cyber industry so running your own business yeah yeah we've been going almost two years now so challenging but very very enjoyable and certainly not something I imagined four years ago when when I first started this, this that's fantastic of, and good um, for you yeah, for doing that that's a it's a big leap to to set up on your own and you know and I'm sure you know the the close team that you have that you've built up obviously the relationship with that um you know while studying and university and things like that is is, is great to bond you all together and I think you know take my hat, hat off to you you know that entrepreneurial spirit that you've got to to have have, have started that and then things are going well yeah, COVID has been, obviously, it's been terrible for a lot of people and, uh, well, for everyone. Um, but it's kind of, what it's done is obviously kind of shift things more towards, even though I think it was always going to go that way, but it's kind of forced um, people to, or businesses that might not have considered it previous to move into more digital and rely more on technology. So it's opened new doors for us in that sense. Uh, and at, at the moment, we are focusing on well, obviously, as well, because of COVID, there's a, a massive upsurge in phishing attacks. So uh, just now we're trying to reach out and, and get as many employees and staff, members of staff trained and, you know, give them the education they need to, to protect themselves and the business that they work for from that. So that's something we're focusing on at the moment. It's something we, we find quite important. It's, it's empowering people as well. To, to, to be able to protect yeah, themselves definitely. from absolutely from that are there. so good I'm, I'm I'm glad it's going well and um and I'm I'm sure of no doubt that 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 will continue for you so I have a couple of questions just to um kind of go back in terms of reviewing you know the the, the story that you've been so kind to share with us today if you had to go back and give a piece of advice to your 17 18 year old self stephanie that based on what you know now what would that advice be i think at the time i was obviously i thought i was doing things the wrong way and i I couldn't focus on one thing in particular and i was beating myself up about uh, the lack of kind of progress i was making but in hindsight that's it's worked out to for the best for me it's given me the, the knowledge tools and experience through all my jobs and all the people i've met that's it's made this process and this journey into creating something for myself much more enjoyable and I think it's it's massively helped so I guess it'd be just don't don't worry and and go with the flow because you'll get to where you you'll get to where you, you need and to be and you want if to be. there is anyone listening to this who is doing a different job outside of the industry and they are really wanting a changing career and they're interested in getting into infosec and perhaps there's a bit of fear holding them back. So I think that's, you know, that that happens. We've talked a lot on the podcast about, you know, se- seizing opportunities when things present and, you know, fear holding. We hold ourselves back actually in, in many ways quite often. So what advice would you give to anyone who's listening, who's thinking about, you know, maybe they've left it too late or they've, you know, they're not sure how to, it's a big leap to go back to study. What what kind of advice would you give to them based on your journey? Um, well, first I would say I completely understand why they would feel that way because I, I did myself. But as you as you just kind of touched on there, for me, it's the only thing that will hold you back is is yourself, and you can spend a lot of time worrying and the what ifs. And but I think if it's something you want to do, you you just need to grab it and and go for it. Because if I had spent any more time worrying or Again, it would only have been me that held me back as I entered this this journey. I've had nothing but support and encouragement, and I've no doubt that you'll you'll encounter the same. So, um, yeah, go for it. Definitely, you 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 won't regret it. You'll certainly, or you you may you might regret not doing it, but you'll definitely not regret yeah, giving definitely. it the best shot. And my last so, question yeah. is: you mentioned earlier on that you were stubborn, and um, I some people would call it stubborn, and maybe other people would call it tenacity. I don't know, but. How much do you think that that's, you know, that kind of inner grit has helped you in, you know, throughout your career so far in, in the different jobs that you've had? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll say stubborn <laughs> yeah. sometimes, I'll say determined, especially with this 
with cyber and infosec as well. I think you need to be a stubborn about the term because problems that you encounter, they're not that the solution is not going to just present themselves. Sometimes it takes a bit of work and a bit of problem solving. You know, you need to keep at it and you need to think outside the box and you know that so that's kind of stubbornness determination certainly helps. So yeah, it ties in well for this kind of um industry I'd, I'd say Good. so for sure. Well that's it's been so inspiring listening to you talk about you know how you've got to where you are now which is obviously cybersecurity consultant at your own business that you've set up and I, I think it's phenomenal what you've done Stephanie and I, I, I really look forward to seeing your career move forward over the next couple of years and I'm I'm sure it'll be a massive success for you. So so we're just going to wrap in the usual way, which is to go through our rapid response questions, if you're ready. So question one, then, uh, what is the most memorable concert you've ever been to, Stephanie? Um, this one's an easy one. Um, it was Anastasia um, singing at Top of the Pops. Um, I was actually 17 at the time and not allowed to even be on the premises. It was 18s and over, but I managed to to get in there. Yeah, so I went, I went, travelled to London to see Anastasia at Top of the Pops, and she actually sang Happy Birthday to me during um, recording the take. So that's why it's particularly memorable. I do, I do like Anastasia, but that was quite an experience. Wow. So two things. First of all, one another Top of the Pops guest. So. I- Prior to starting this podcast, I had not met anyone who had ever been to a Top of the Pops recording. And since then, we're however many episodes in, and I've had two guests on <laughs> now. Uh, <laughs> you are my last guest, actually, Sarah, who both said Top of the Pops. So that's quite weird. So, And mm-hmm. Anastasia, that would have been amazing. So how did she come to sing Happy Birthday to you? How, how did she know it was your birthday? Oh, this is really embarrassing, but quite funny, I guess. I mean, I was quite young. Um, so it was during the takes, and she was kind of talking to the audience and I think she must have just saw the look on my face because I was quite in awe, I was quite awestruck and um, she was. She asked me if I was okay and she put the mic and she asked, oh, what's your name? And she put the mic in front of my face and I couldn't even speak. I was like, uh, uh. and my cousin who was with me, she kind of, I mean, she's a singer so um, she's she's not shy, that's for sure. And she, she grabbed the mic and she said, her name's Stephanie and it's her birthday today. Uh, which was a, a white lie. It was um, two days later, I think. Um, yeah. She's like, oh, my God. And, uh, she, she says, okay, everyone, let's sing Happy Birthday to Steph. And she started it, then the whole of the Top of the Pops crowd was singing it, and I was like, what is happening? <laughs> wow. It was, oh, my yeah, God, that must have been was, completely surreal uh, and amazing at the same yes, time, given yeah. you were such a fan. So, wow, okay, well, I completely understand why that's your most memorable then. Yes, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, I mean, good, slight, okay. Tends with slight embarrassment. Well, I think often these things, the most memorable ones often, <laughs> they might sometimes be tinged with a little bit of, um, uh, yeah, a, a bit. Well, I don't know. I think it's probably your, it was probably the age, I would have thought. Yeah, like you said, yeah. kind of young and, you know, would you be as embarrassed now? Well, I don't think I would act quite as... Uh, as Starstruck? Um, starstruck, <laughs> yeah, being a bit older now, but I would probably enjoyed it a bit more and, and um, kind of embraced it rather than being like, what is going on? <laughs> because I think I was, I was rooted to the spot and I was just staring like, what is this? What is, what's happened to you? <laughs> yeah, gosh. Well, anyway, yeah, no, that's a, it's a, that's a good one. So not only a concert, but actually the person who was singing actually sang you Happy Birthday, which I think is, is nice to say. Wow. So I completely get why that's most yeah. memorable. So that's a good one. Good. I think that might be the best answer I've had actually to that so far. So yeah. So there you go. You're you're, you're in poll on the best concert one for me <laughs> right now. Number two, question two then. What do you think is the biggest issue that we're facing today in information security or cyber security? Obviously, this is a rapid response. So it's a big question for a quick answer. But if you had to sort of pull something out of the hat, what would you say? I definitely think it's trying to get business owners to um, embrace it and see cybersecurity as something that's a necessity rather than just a cost. I find it sometimes quite difficult to quantify the value of having good cybersecurity defences in place to business owners. Again, they just it's maybe um, a bit more of a taboo subject for them or something that they don't want to kind of embrace because they think it's a complicated and expensive thing to have in place but in reality you know hugely hugely important and it should be on top of the priority list and unfortunately I don't think it is. No and I think it's something that will be even more pressing I think this year given the economic 
pressures that businesses are under now you know business owners having to make decisions about where to you know where to spend money where not to spend money and I think you're right quite often security can be the thing certainly I think in smaller businesses I think that that kind of gets shelved or gets put to the you know lower down the list of priorities I think and understandably so in in some circumstances but yeah I think Mm -hmm. understanding you know the risk that it is a you know a, a really high risk to businesses these days in terms of invoice fraud and things like that and you know obviously some of the examples that you gave earlier on in the in the in the podcast about how it can have a real impact to individuals and and to businesses and you know in, and in some cases you know have a have a catastrophic effect on that business so yeah I think yeah. that's really really important so good answer um so question three uh, what has been your all-time favorite box set binge? Um, this probably changes every time I think about this one. You know, you, you asked these two questions. I would, I would say the Shield, Ooh, which is cool. uh, it's, it's quite old, um, but it's basically a group of cops. I think it's in it's in New York or something, or Chicago maybe, and they're not all good cops, and they um, they're undercover most of the time. And oh, yes, I have, I've have seen it. I have. I know, I know exactly the one you're talking about now. But it, yeah, it's really old. I think I saw it not so long ago, a couple of years ago, but it was probably on DVD. I think I saw it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like nineties, nineteen nineties kind of. They're proper. There's some really bad cops in it from yeah. what I remember some very bad um behavior going on on both sides <laughs> yeah how many series how many series are there of that you know do, have you watched all of them you know, I, th- I, I did watch it right through I think there might be like eight maybe or something eight wow. um there's a lot of them anyway um it went on for, for quite a while but there's definitely something that's um there's always something exciting happening and obviously my interest in law enforcement and justice um, kept me interested in that but yeah I'd I'd recommend that if if anyone's into that type of yeah um, did you you see that when it was on at the time or have you seen it since I watched it I remember watching while it was on but also then I think I as well got the DVD set uh, and rewatched it (laughs) again yeah, yeah, because yeah. I had not heard of it, and then a friend of mine, I think, introduced me to it a couple of years ago, and um, I think I would say I watched series one, but um, yeah, it was quite good. So it might be one I might have to dig out again for for winter. <laughs> so my, I'm keeping all the good box sets for winter. Not that we've been able to go very far this year, anyway. But anyway, so I'm storing them up mm. for the winter months. Okay, question four then: um, Who is your info security hero or shiro? I wouldn't say I've got a hero or shiro as such, but um, someone who particularly, um, I met, well, I didn't meet, it was an online event that I, ten- I attended and her name is Nicola Whiting. Yes, and, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, no and, yeah, and it was, I think we had 20 minutes, it was in a, a, a almost Zoom type call and it was just getting some really good advice and tips going forward for Ascent. And I just remember being so upbeat and positive and you could just tell she was really uh, passionate about um, cyber and new newer stuff. So I, I came away from that call thinking, yeah, that's someone I would eventually like to emulate. Yeah. Um, definitely. Uh, again, I only spoke to her for maybe 20 minutes, but it just def- it left that she left a, an impression that's for sure she's a very um I don't, I don't, un, different from a different type of person i think from who the people i've met so far on this journey mm. um quite an upbeat character definitely um someone i would like to um get to know a bit more of yes yeah definitely i, I don't know i haven't met um nicola but i've heard a lot about her and a lot of people speak very highly of her so so i think that's a that's a good choice so good um so we're on the home run uh question five so you've had a bad day and you are thinking about what you're going to have to eat in the evening and you're reaching for your whatever your ultimate comfort food is stephanie what what would that be oh this is really easy because it's my go-to for everything it's anything at all with cheese and jalapenos (laughs) Um, if not it's not both available one or the other, but definitely um, one of them for sure. I'm a massive. Oh, I think it's there's my love of Mexican food, but yeah, cheese and jalapenos. You're a lady definitely. after my own heart. I'm a I'm a jalapeno obsessive. 
chili obsessive <laughs> anything if there's ever anything on the menu that has jalapenos on it literally I have to have, I have, to have it and there's yeah. usually a combo yeah. with cheese in there somewhere so it's always good but um good yeah no I'm absolutely with you on that so that that's um that's a good choice I'm I love Mexican food as well so awesome and the last question then is how do you think people would describe you in one word I think family and friends people that know me most would say uh, determined or, or well, maybe stubborn depending on who you ask <laughs> um, but yeah uh, determined I think you know I, I, I like to keep going with things when I start and any challenge to me to me is is it's important that I finish it so yeah I think that would be a, a word I think they yeah. would use yeah and I think determined is a is a good word given the conversation that we've had about your career and you know and what you've achieved over the last couple of years I think it's been it's been such an inspiring story to hear, Stephanie, because I think so many people who are considering reskilling now or going back and studying again and going into a different field. And it's such a massive leap of faith, I think, for people to take on a scary one for, I think, a lot of people. And it's been great to hear your story about, you know, you started off in one direction and you haven't let you know the things the setbacks you've had or the changes in choices that you've that you've made you know you've you've embraced what you've done and you've you've learned from those experiences and um and they've all brought you to where you are today which is which is fantastic it's been really truly inspirational to to hear your story and I'm, I'm I'm sure other people who are considering perhaps career changes or considering coming into the industry will be really interested to to listen listen to this hopefully and um and we'll take something away from that so thank you very much for being so gracious and 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 spending the time to to tell your story today on the podcast i really appreciate it no problem at all i've really enjoyed it and again this is another this was another new challenge for me um it's first time i've i've um taken part in something like this so uh, thanks for the opportunity and um I really enjoyed it. You've been a brilliant guest. So if people want to find you, Stephanie, can you be contacted on social media? Can are you on various uh, social channels that people can follow you on? Uh, yeah, um, so I'm on LinkedIn, uh, just uh, Stephanie Hill on LinkedIn. You should be able to find me there. And we are, well, Ascents on Twitter. Well, we're on all social media, but Twitter um, is underscore Ascent Cyber. If you want to follow us on there and you can always message in and I'll be happy to chat with anyone who, who wants to have a word. Brilliant. That's great. Wonderful. Thanks ever so much. And I really look forward to catching up with you at some point in person when we get to do that. Um, at some point maybe next year and uh, sharing a plate of nachos with you and a, and a proper chat so but thanks ever so much Stephanie cheers no problem at all thanks Annabelle